welcome to episode 191 of Retro Encounter, RPG Fans Off-Topic Weekly Podcast. I'm Mike Solosi, and I'm joined today by Alana Higgs. Hey, everyone. Now, Alana, um, years ago, uh, before your podcast debut on, on RPG Fan, uh, there was a Castlevania Symphony of the Night episode of Retro Encounter. There was. There was, and I, I wasn't on that episode. It was a, it was kind of a mess. It was a, oh shoot, it was Josh, Peter, Marcos, I think, and they uh, they had to scrap one recording that went poorly. So like they're they're all like like nervously tired, laughing the whole episode <laughs> because it, because it was like their second and a half recording attempt or something. Um, but but it was a fun episode to listen to, and I'm a big Symphony of the Night fan, so I was a little miffed that I was busy or something and couldn't record that one. So. We decided, screw it, let's make our own Symphony of the Night podcast. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I was really, really new when they did that episode. Um, yeah. I've only been on the site for a month. So yeah, yeah, that was the, yeah, that was late 2015, and I think you started uh, fall 2015. I, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm barely your senior. I, I started on an RPG fan in, the, in autumn of 2014. But um, I, I think Castlevania Symphony of the Night is an all-time classic. You and I are both big Castlevania fans, and we've uh, and we've off the podcast talked about the series quite a bit, in fact. <laughs> uh, so I, I thought this was worth talking about, both because we love Symphony of the Night, and I have zero issues just replaying it uh, for a couple weekdays in a row. But also, mm-hmm. I, I think that the timing of this uh, also makes sense for a, a side discussion that we'll get to later. But for now, this is officially... RPG fans retro encounters second Castlevania Symphony of the Night episode. So on the on the title screen of your playback device, it should say Castlevania Symphony of the Night Revisited. It's like the reverse castle of the first episode of Retro Encounter on the Symphony of the Night. That, me- that metaphor is so perfect. I'm a little bit jealous that I couldn't think of it myself. <laughs> well, well, yes. I'll be really honest. I was thinking mm-hmm. about it earlier. I was like, oh, yeah, this it works. We got on our holy glasses. We defeated the little green ball floating above Richter Belmont, and we're, on, and we're, we've, we're visiting a second castle. Yeah. Be careful for those beam skeletons. Oh, oh every time. This, yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll get to the reverse castle, yeah. but yeah. So, um, let's talk about the... I'm going to recap the story of Symphony of the Night extremely briefly, just so we, you know, uh, readers that maybe don't remember the game perfectly or haven't played it, will uh, we'll be a little clued in. Um, Symphony of the Night is a direct sequel to Castlevania Rondo of Blood, which was a game that was Japan only for many years, but, uh, and, and as such, and it also had a bad DS, uh, I'm sorry, a bad SNES sort of remake called that was just called Dracula X in North America. And so in the original North American version of Symphony of the Night, it says continued from Dracula X or something at the very beginning <laughs> instead of Rondo of Blood. But uh, yeah, that's, a, that's just weird side details. So at the, very, um, at the very beginning of Symphony of the Night, you do a truncated version of the final boss of Rondo of Blood or Dracula X where Richter Belmont defeats Dracula. Dracula um, and... Richter have an argument beforehand in which in, <laughs> in which uh, maybe the most famous uh, line of dialogue in Castlevania history is uttered. Uh, Dracula tells Richter that uh, mankind... What is are, a man? What is a man? A miserable <laughs> little pile of secrets. It's so good, though. It, it's really good. And, you know, I, I played this game on the Castlevania Requiem uh a remaster for PS4. Oh yeah. They, they changed all the dialogue, and you know the new dialogue isn't bad, but it's it's no miserable little pile of secrets. 
No, I I played the Requiem version last year, and um, it's all borrowed off of the PSP port. So Mm -hmm. we got the Dracula um, Dracula X Chronicles, which is a remake of Rondo of Blood, I believe, on the PSP in two thousand and eight or nine. And I I played that as well. Yep, that's this is the first time I played Symphony of the Night, so I got the truncated, like redubbed version. Um, first time. Uh, but um. Yeah, so you get a special. You have to do. I think you go down a side path because um, the thing that Rondo of Blood's really famous for is having branching paths within a ta- stage-based Castlevania game. And if you go down one of them, you unlock Symphony of the Night as a secret, which I think is really neat. Um, it's got a couple of extra yeah, features it, in it, but no, this uh, is where the it, dialogue's from. Yeah, Dracula, uh, uh, Dracula X Chronicles is basically a, a big th- like 2.5D remake of Rondo of Blood, but you can unlock Symphony of the Night, original Rondo of Blood, and original Dracula X for the SNES, all, wow. all, uh, all hidden in that game. It's, I didn't get that far. It, it's, I was it's, too it's, enamored with it, Symphony of the Night. It, it, it's a pretty impressive package on the on the PSP, but yeah, yeah. Um, but the that version of Symphony of the Night has newly recorded dialogue, new voice work, uh, it has a couple extras that were in the Saturn version, I think. Um, yes. So, uh, so it's it, it's a good version of Symphony of the Night, but if you want the miserable little pile of secrets, you have to get the original PS1 version, which you can get on PS3 or Vita as a PS1 classic. So it's not like they're withholding that version of the game from us. It's just, you know, you have to go down a slightly different branching path, as it were. Yeah, that's right. That's the version I have. Because uh, actually buying it physically is really hard because it had a really, really low print run. It's so expensive to get secondhand. Here, I think it's a little easier to get secondhand. I think it had a uh, a um, a PlayStation uh, Greatest Hits version or something. Oh, okay. So I remember I, I didn't have a, a huge amount of trouble finding the disc many years ago when I was first seeking out this game. Oh. But uh, but yeah, there's there's ways to get to Castlevania Symphony of the Night. It's been released enough places that it's uh, not a challenge to find digitally. But but anyway, back to the story. So you play the very end of Rondo of Blood slash Dracula X, and Richter defeats Dracula. Then fast forward, uh, what is it, like 10 years later, 5 years later, something like that? Something like that. Um, Castlevania has risen again. Castlevania is again a mysterious phantom castle that appears once every 100 years, supposedly, but it's definitely more often than that, looking through the, the morass of Castlevania <laughs> storyline over the years. Isn't the specific line, it's an agent of chaos. The, yeah. the, castle, the castle changes every time it reappears. Yeah, an agent of chaos or creature of chaos, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Castlevania rose again, although Richter was supposedly defeated Dracula years earlier. So Alucard, who has been, sli- who's been sleeping in his own personal tomb for centuries, uh, um, rises from the grave and, and like jumps in through the, in through the front gate. And uh, uh, Alucard is the son of Dracula. Alucard is Dracula backwards, and was a playable character in Castlevania III: Dracula's Curse for the NES. So this is—they're they're going deep into Castlevania lore here, and believe it—and believe you, <laughs> believe you me, we are going to go deep into Castlevania lore, or at least a little bit. So uh, the player character is Alucard. He navigates to the castle, learns that uh, the master of the castle is a Belmont, because Richter Belmont is from the legendary lineage of vampire hunters named Belmont, and he. Uh, also meets Maria, a um, uh, who was a little girl in Rondo of Blood and is now a uh, and is now in her late teens or early twenties, and she's looking for Richter, who's mysteriously gone missing. So Richter is clearly not himself because he's acting like uh, like a, a Belmont version of Dracula. 
And Alucard explores the castle, occasionally running into Maria, occasionally running into Richter. And uh, there's two pathways from here now. You can either defeat Richter straight up, and, uh, in which Castlevania sinks and, uh, and Maria's sad. <laughs> or, <laughs> or if you find a few hidden items, you can see that there's some mysterious orb floating over Richter when you fight him. And if you destroy the orb instead of, de- instead of killing Richter, he comes to his senses. It turns out he was being manipulated by an evil priest named Shaft, who was a, a, vil- a villain in Rondo of Blood. And um, and Shaft is trying to use the Belmont's power to defeat other would-be vampire hunters, so Dracula can resurrect again. And at this point, you get maybe one of the coolest uh, <laughs> video game plot twists of the uh, of the play- of the PlayStation era. Um, a second castle unlocks, and it is exactly like the first, except it's upside down, and some uh, some background features are changed, like the the room full of lava at the basement of the first one is now full of green goo. Uh, and the t- and the reverse castle uh, connects to the original castle by the very tallest tower, like there, like the the very the top, keep, yeah. yeah, the very topmost keep uh, rooftops are sort of touching, and then the other the reverse castle or or inverse castle, whatever you want to call it, uh, extends above the first castle. So you get two enormous castles to explore, uh, maybe a dozen or so bosses, a lot of hidden secrets, a lot of really silly jokes and references. <laughs> but um, you navigate two castles, eventually challenge Dracula. Uh, there's some more insane dialogue that only makes sense in a B-movie or a video game. And uh, and then if you explored enough of the castle, you'll uh, get a very sweet ending where Maria decides she's in love with Alucard and chases after him. <laughs> right? <laughs> he's just going to go and sleep, though. He's going to do exactly the same thing he did after yeah, he, he... Dracula, um, not uh, Dracula's curse. He just goes to sleep. Until he's needed again in he, he, four four hundred years time, I think. Yeah, he, he's he's really beating himself up. Alucard's like, I, my bloodline is cursed; it shouldn't exist. I'm just going to seal myself away again. And if you, but if you get enough percentage explore, explored on the castle, Maria will chase after him, and Richter, yeah. will, and Richter will be like, go to him. <laughs> she, uh, M- Maria and Richter are not romantically involved. Uh, he's, uh, I think, he's the fiance of Maria's sister. Who's, who's, yeah, I, yeah, and she's one so. of the she's one of the people you can rescue in Rondo of Flood. I think that's right, yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, we've been alluding to it. Uh, Ca- Symphony of the Night is a, first of all, it's, a, it's just a real fun action game. Like, I mean, the castle is cool. It has all this, this gothic setting, and you're fighting all kinds of monsters. Uh, Alucard's really fun to control. But really, this is a, this game references, I think, every single Castlevania game that came before it. Yeah, I think so. Must do. Uh, like, do you do you have a, a favorite reference or... Or uh, or it's like point um, or point of celebration because like I I could list a bunch but like God, yeah um Jesus <laughs> I have to think about it for a minute. Uh, I'll, I'll, well, I'll, I'll say my I'll say my favorite first. Um, I really like that there's a boss fight against the other three uh, playable characters yeah. of Castlevania three. In Castlevania three, uh, you control uh, I believe it's Trevor Belmont. And um, yeah. and depending on the branching paths you take through the levels, you can recruit a second character. There's a pirate named Grant, a uh, priestess named named Sifa, and then Alucard, the you know son of Dracula. So uh, there's a boss fight where there's these three col- uh, three sarcophagi with full with with skeletons, and they seal themselves. Some magic spells happened, and then out pops zombie versions of uh, of Trevor, Sifa, and Grant. <laughs> and, that, and that's one of the boss fights in the Inverted Castle. Um, it, 
extremely clever. I loved I I loved seeing that. And even when you like when uh, <laughs> Maria and Alucard are discussing Belmonts for the first time, a, a, a thought bubble appears above Maria with a with, with a sprite of Richter, and then, <laughs> yes. and then a thought bubble appears above Alucard with a sprite of with an NES sprite of Trevor. Yeah, it's so good, it's so <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, it's 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 really really cute visual reference like that. Do do you have a, a favorite moment like that in the game? Ah, oh, well, that's probably my favorite. Um, I don't really know if these things are references to other games because actually, racking my brain, I can't really remember many of them, even though I played this a few days ago. But I just like all of the little silly things you can do in the castle, kind of thing. Yeah. So there's one room in the bottom of the um, I can't remember the really tall section at the end of the first castle before the long library and the clock tower right um, oh I, I if you go to the yeah i don't know what it's called but it's, it's the it's the vertical area on the eastern side of the of the map yeah where the elevator is and um if you go right down to the bottom you see a little nest with a bird in it um you have to look through the telescope anyway to get um sharon to do the um, caron to do the um to take you across the water in the underground caverns but if you leave and re-enter the room a few times you'll notice the bird comes back or flies away he's got eggs at one point and then comes back and brings food and then i think at the very end it will um they'll hatch and then you can watch them fly off and then it starts all over again or there's the really obvious one where you can sit down in the uh chapel and you can confess your sins and you get stabbed by um various different items and weapons yeah, well, but... yeah, yeah if you confess your sin your sin and you wait for the priest to disappear then then he'll attack you but if you sit in the priest's chair uh yeah. so, some random people will come in and confess sins to you <laughs> so, I don't think, yeah what a silly little thing to be in this game <laughs> but it's fun though because if you are one of those people who have history with um like say the metroid series and you like exploring and you think oh there's a chair there i'll sit on it and you figure out that and then if you do it to everything it kind of it kind of punishes you for being like really nosy, and I really like that because first time I played it, I was like, "Oh, you can sit on chairs," so I just did it everywhere. And then when the curtain draws, I thought, "Oh, okay, maybe I'll stick around and see what happens." And then you can take damage, and it's like, "Oh, okay, well, at least there's a safe point right before this room, so I didn't die." But I don't think they're direct references to anything, but I just think they're really cool, like quirks that um that are in Symphony of the Night, and it's full of them, like. It's got so many little references and oh yeah, like like there's things. yeah, they're, 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 like you can really hear the writer's sense of humor in this game. There's a uh, there there's a bo uh, some boot accessories that increase your that increase Alucard's height <laughs> by by one or two pixels. Yep, <laughs> it works. <laughs> and and and, uh, and uh, you can buy a a cloak called the Joseph cloak that uh, where you can program its color. <laughs> I love that though. It's so cute. expensive, but it's so yeah. worth it. And 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 well, I mean the the one cloak that has better stats and it has a a black exterior and a uh, an exterior that oscillates between red and black. So it's it's it's. It, it, the one cloak better than the Joseph cloak is that is also really cool, uh, and uh, and and going back to small reference things, um, you fight the five bosses other than Dracula in the in the inverted castle of from yeah. from Castlevania one, and they right. and as you defeat each of them, they drop the five Dracula items from Castlevania two. Right. Yes. So it's just like. The, and uh, you fight Slogger and Gaibon, the the near final bosses from Castlevania Four, but they're cool, the first yeah. boss of the game this time. <laughs> and uh, there's just so many references and rewards for fans that I I, I think that it's um, 
I, I don't have any articles or research supporting this, but I'm wondering if they were worried this was going to be like the last Castlevania game. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it was just because Symphony of the Night was such a big shift in everything. Like mechanically, it still feels like a Castlevania game um, because you've still got Alicod still uses sub weapons. Um, so they're similar from the other games. But like in terms of like every Castlevania game that had come before it was basically your standard arcade stage based, you know, yeah, yeah. you've got this much health, you'll die, they're quite hard kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're marching left to right for the most part. Hmm. With a, at, a, at a very deliberate pace, they're, they're, those guys, are, they, um, those Belmonts really aren't <laughs> sprinting through the stages. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I wonder if putting all those references in are just like, hey look, we still acknowledge everything that we've done before it, this is what we want to do with it now kind of thing, but I don't know. Maybe that's just me thinking ideal idealistically, but like I think that I think it's just just try and get people on board, uh, which is why it's full of references and related to other games. Um, mm. But yeah, I uh, maybe it was because Castlevania is not popular in Japan. It's not popular in many places. Like it no, does better um, in the West, but like not much. I would say They're no. Not it, it's it's never been a huge selling game, even for uh, for Konami. Um, I mean, Konami's biggest blockbusters over the years have probably been the Metal Gear games, mm -hmm. and uh, and and Koji Igarashi, who worked on Symphony of the Night, <laughs> um, he was a programmer for a uh, for a dating sim game called Tokimeki Memorial. Yeah. And uh, Tokimeki Memorial sold way better than Castlevania of the than than Castlevania Symphony of the Night did. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it, and his bosses sort of let him work on Symphony of the Night because because Tokimeki Memorial had did, had done so well. He he wasn't like the architect of Tokimeki. He was one of the writers and programmers on it. Yeah, I'd be interested to know how Metroid sells over there. I I think again, yeah, it's not I, like the yeah, biggest I, selling. But I, I yeah. have heard that Metroid is way more popular in uh, in the West than in Japan. Yes. Um, and for Castlevania, it's maybe less dramatic. I, I think that Metroid is more popular than Castlevania in general. But it, but it's, but it's also the case that it's not hugely popular in Konami's native Japan. Um, yeah. But I, I, I don't I don't want to say that this game is particularly Japanese or Western. Like it's it, it has it's it's a Japanese action platforming game, but it has a, a very west a lot of Western influence. Like I mean, the, it's a big Gothic castle with yeah. with a lot of a uh, like you know Western monster movie influenced monsters in it. Yeah, um, exactly. Well, I mean, it's ripped straight out of Bram Stoker's Dracula, isn't it? Which yeah, is uh, literature, so... Yeah, and, and Alucard has power over wolves, bats, and mists, just like Dracula does in the book. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I mean, Dracula, I mean, Alucard can turn into a wolf and a bat, because so can Dracula. <laughs> in, in, uh, in, in, uh, in the book, and I'm not, not referring to the, Francis, <laughs> to the Francis Ford Coppola movie with Gary Oldman and Keanu Reeves in it, which is, which is its own very unique beast. Oh, yep. boy. <laughs> Yeah. Now I I love Keanu Reeves way more than the average person does, but his his uh oh, his, no, his British his true. his British accent in that movie is so bad. Holy it, crap. Yeah. No, I just don't want to think about it actually. Yeah. <laughs> Gary Oldman saves that film entirely, he, I would he, say. Gary Oldman is really going for it, but Keanu Reeves is probably I don't know that that movie's probably right before or right after Point Break, and let's say that Keanu is more believable as a surfing FBI agent in Point Break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but anyway, uh, back to Symphony of the Night. Um, uh, we're talking about like all the weird like jokes and sense of humor that this game has. Uh, there's also uh, let's go to Alucard himself. He's a, a pretty powerful, versatile character to be controlling for a 97, 98 game. 
Right, exactly. It's it's also the first time that the main character doesn't use a whip, so mm-hmm. it's a big shift. And again, I don't, I don't think I don't shift. think I don't think Alucard has a whip, does he? He he doesn't use one at all. No, yeah. so it's the first time you don't have a whip at all in the entire series, which is really strange if you've been playing all of them. Yeah, most of the weapons are swords, but there's also you know uh, there's also like uh, magic Rods. magic canes and like a. Uh, Mace, maces, morning stars, knives, a couple fist weapons, uh, a lot of magic spells. Yeah, he's but, really versatile. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably a hundred equipable weapons. I'm not, I don't have a number in front of me. And also, he does have the uh, classic tra- Castlevania sub weapon system, where if you hit the an attack button with up at the same time, then you'll use one of the special holy items that you can find hidden usually in candles. <laughs> uh, and and there's something like a dozen of those sub weapons. There's a, a pretty wide variety of them. I do uh, love the fact that you have to get an up- like the very first upgrade you get in the game allows you to get items out of candles. Mm-hmm. So I have to wonder what the vampire killer has in it that allows the Belmonts to get the same items out of candles. Like what magic does it possess to be like? Oh, I've had a candle. Have an axe or if, something. If I knew, I would tell you. Yeah. <laughs> The Belmont bloodline and the vampire killer whip have many, many secrets that are not adequately explored in the dragon in the <laughs> Castlevania lore. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, Alucard has a lot of weapons. He has sub weapons, even though mostly I'm trying to either get uh, an axe or holy water or uh, secretly I, I I think the sacred ash is underrated in this game. Yeah, I don't really use it, but I've seen. Um, people using it in like speed runs or things, yeah, if, or like just playing in general, and it is really good. It's better than it's better than the holy water if enemies are strictly staying on the ground and you know where they're gonna go. Like those, like those, uh, those Dullahan and and uh, uh, oh shoot, you you know what I mean? Like the enemies that are like sprinting at you on horseback. Oh, the um, Valhalla knights. Yeah, yeah. The, those guys. Um, um, uh, Ash stays on the ground a long time, and they'll instantly die if they hit it. Oh. Uh, so, so like if there's like a charging groundbound enemy then the ash is like a better version of holy water yeah but well, there's uh, a couple of items like that because oh, yeah. the ash is quite rare i think it's only maybe three or four candles throughout maybe. the game it's, whereas, it's a little yeah. it's a little uncommon it's not like it's not like the crosses that are only in two candles the whole game yeah uh, but it's, it's it's not as common as an axe but like i usually want axe if i want to go to enemies hit enemies above me or holy water or ash if i want to hit enemies below me yeah but the uh but there's a ton of them, including the, oh shoot, the the, the lightning sub weapon that would be the coolest in the game if you didn't lose hearts so fast. <laughs> yeah, you, I know, you, know that. What, you know what I'm talk, talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, the like the one that you get in the Colosseum yes. area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is so good. But it's yeah, so good. It's but I went I went it. from like 160 hearts to zero in 15 seconds. Yeah, well, I you don't really get a lot of um heart re- like. There are heart refill items in the game that you pick up later on, but I don't think you can buy them. Like otherwise, so the no, only other way you can. So, um, you so can... the only other way you get refills is by hitting candles, and you know it takes a long time to fill up two hundred hearts by the end of the game. Yeah, but but you know you bet your ass I was hitting every single candle I ever saw throughout the entire game because <laughs> I mean I mean that that's my years of playing Castlevania games. Uh, Me too. Uh, uh, like coming at me, and also also because I want to keep my hearts up because you know axes and holy water are good in this game. Yeah. They're ridiculously overpowered. Some of them. like the holy water in particular. The holy water. Some is super bosses good. is ridiculous, mm-hmm. but it always has been. Yeah, so it's, it's no yeah. In the in the first Castlevania one, the holy water was 
sort of harder to throw, but uh, uh, I think you could get almost any boss in the game into like a frozen state if you time the holy water right. Yeah. So, so that's the way to beat that game quickly is to get your holy water timing down. But uh, <laughs> not just sub-weapons. Alucard also has, I want to say, about maybe eight magic spells that he can cast that, that, yeah. are, that use button inputs similar to a fighting game. He can, tra- <laughs> he, get, he can transform into a bat or a wolf or, or mist. And he also can summon, I want to say, seven or eight familiars that accompany him like little partners doing attacks or healing spells here and there. So yeah. it's like, there's just a lot of stuff that Alucard can do. And you could probably beat the game just with sword strikes, but there's so much he can do that it almost feels like you're not having him live to his full potential if you don't. <laughs> they level up really quickly as well, and they all have their uses. Like there's, mm. I think there's five. I don't know. So there's Only the five. No, there's two fairies, isn't there? There's one green and one red, maybe. Yeah, um, I think I think there's two fairies: the imp, the bat, the sword. Oh, maybe the six then. And, and, and then is, is there a ghost? Yes, there is. And yeah. then there's the uh, devil, which... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Yeah, so I, I, yeah right. Yeah, the devil's helpful because he, uh, he's the only one that can press a button that you see, only twice in the, <laughs> you, you see only twice in the game. And I say twice because one of them's in the inverted castle. <laughs> it makes me crack up, though, when he presses it because just the way that it speaks, I was not expecting that voice to come out of its mouth at all. <laughs> Yeah, God, the voice work is not great in this game. But uh, speaking of voice work, how about all of the horrified screams that happen when you defeat so many enemies? Oh, they're so good. They're I mean, great. I love the voice work because it's just so 90s. It's so that era. It's so Resident Evil 1 and but, Mega and- Man... <laughs> Is it uh, four? Mega uh, Man X four. Okay. Uh, either Mega Man eight or Mega Man X four. Those yep. are those are the two that have the legendarily bad voice acting. <laughs> I and, have a special place in my heart for that. Oh, yeah, me too. Especially since those games are honestly among the better Mega Man games. Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I've played them more than average for Mega Man, but uh, yeah, the, the, God, the voices are terrible. But I mean, I just love the screams that enemies do in this game. There's like I, I don't want to try to emulate them on this podcast because screaming into a mic is not good podcasting but the uh just just like the horrified screams of defeated enemies are just great in this game i love them everything explodes as well everything explodes yeah explodes or maybe sometimes they pop or melt or they uh, burst into flames but but yeah they they, they, do, they don't just fade away <laughs> Yeah, I've got like so many of the like death sounds or even the noises that enemies make. Like, I think Fleeman in particular, the little imp noise, like the jumping noises they make, just I'm always like, oh god, not these again. And I'm just trying to run past them. But like, they're iconic in a cheesy way. I love them and can associate each and every single one with another enemy. But mm-hmm. yeah, I just love them. And I'm, again, I'm not going to emulate any of them either, but they're super special. <laughs> oh god, I don't know if I have a favorite enemy. I uh I mean I, I really like in how the reverse library there's uh there's four enemies that you run into. There's the there's the schmooze, which are yeah. which are ghosts that we'll talk about a little bit in a second. But the uh-huh. other three are uh scarecrow zombies, robots called tin men, and then knights <laughs> with knights with lion heads called lions. Yeah. So yeah, scarecrow, tin men and lion are the are the, are the enemies in the in the inverse in the inverse I... library. I did not figure this out because they've got different <laughs> names in the PS1 version. Ah, uh, okay. So it was when I played the Requiem version was actually paying attention to the names. I did not realize that they were Wizard of Oz references in case <laughs> listeners didn't realize. So I was like, hang on a minute, Lion, Tin Man. The Tin Man is still called a Tin Man in um, the PS1 version, but right. I think the Lion is called something else. And I just suddenly twigged and I was like, 
oh my god i was just freaking out for a while i'm, I'm sure that was the intention of the japanese developers i 100 oh, guarantee it oh definitely yeah it's, it's an inverse castle yeah it's it's it, it, it's weird but uh also um this game is pretty rife with with secrets with the, there's a lot of if you go real deep into it there's a lot of stuff that will i mean trivialize how easy the game is but also just reward players that go incredibly hard with exploration like those shmoo enemies that i mentioned have as a one percent drop uh, a sword called the chrysagrim which is called valmon way in some other castlevania games <laughs> where you can attack without pausing so you can just like <laughs> and and it'll and it'll do four strikes with a single button press and each of those strikes will be average or above average damage so you, like you're not pausing to attack you're not interrupting anything you're you're just if you just if you tap the square or circle button relatively rhythmically you'll just be raining death all around you it's it's a game that it's as a sword so strong that it's become a little famous in castlevania circles it's ridiculous but sometimes this time around i usually get it not that quick but this time it took me about an hour and a half to get which is a bit slow um, actually but, so I, I leveled got, I got up it, so much i got it very quickly it took me less than 20 minutes i think Jeez, i got yeah. uh, and uh, it's the fastest i've ever gotten it i've, I've played castlevania symphony night uh, i don't know how many times probably I don't know, uh, seven to ten times total over, the, and uh, and uh, and I knew about the Chris Agrim growing in just just by reputation, so I almost always try to get it. But this time I had the easiest time, the easiest time yet getting it. I don't, I don't, maybe the Requiem version boosts the uh, drop rate or something. Maybe. But but, uh, but yeah, and uh, and you get you get a trophy for it even in the Requiem. Version. Yes, you do. Yeah. But so I uh, so I did that and used that to beat the game easily. But also there's a uh, two weapons. The Moblung and the Shield Rod, which if you equip them with a shield and then press and then, and then press both attack buttons at once, then it does a special attack based on what shield you have equipped. And sometimes it's hilarious, like the the Hide Shield summons a cow, and yeah. uh, the Herald Shield summons a random a random knight that's called a Warrior of Dawn. Yeah. And uh, if you if you find the best shield, the Alucard Shield, and do that, then it, you become invincible for ten seconds and deal incredible damage to anyone you touch. <laughs> and and that's probably the most uh the most unbalancing skill in the game it's it's even stronger than the Crusagrim. yeah it's ridiculously good i mean castle symphony of the night is really really easy to break um yeah it's, even it's, with it's, its glitches but yeah it's, it's not so that fun. challenging to begin with like um <laughs> people might have difficulty with i don't know with with legion or with uh I think the or, first or, 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 boss can be hard if you're not used to it. Like I always struggle a little bit because I don't really spend a lot of time grinding. Um, mm. but because you take a lot of damage at that point, but it's when you start getting better armor and better gear. Like by the time you're in the underground caverns, you're probably pretty safe. Um, but yeah, the reverse yeah. the, castle, the, like the, the, the first one or two bosses, can be hard. Like I remember the demon in the library messed me up a little bit because I, I mm. he, he was just dealing way too much damage for me for the because I went there a little too early. And the 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 doppelganger enemy in the tower can. Can, can, yeah. kill, can kill you a little easily if he hits you with one of his uh, with one of his big fireball attacks. Mm -hmm. But it's, uh, but uh, but once you start getting some equipment and get start getting some uh, health in improvements, I think the only really challenging bosses are like maybe maybe Galamoth, the hidden boss in uh, in the Inverse Castle, who's yeah. who's who was the final boss of the old Kid Dracula. I know uh, game for the super for the regular Famicom, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, mm. um, and we've he's got a, that now. Yeah, yeah, he's he's he was a colorful, cartoony, kooky space alien in that game, but now is a, a giant, terrifying alien demon. <laughs> he's also extremely exploitable, even without yeah, yeah. the Chris Grimm or the um the shield rod combination. Yeah, you, if you find him at an angle, there's 
there's ways you can position yourself so he can't attack you, and you can just drop <laughs> holy water until he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they 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 uh like it's this game is you you could just beat the game in seven hours by going through the motions, or you can find a, a truly remarkable number of hidden things to it, yeah to exploit the hell out of this game. Um, and, and I think that I, I like I, I mean I'm not really a challenge hound a lot of the time. But uh, just being a, just seeing a game reward time investment and exploration like this is extremely satisfying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like like I don't get the Crusagrim because I need it. I get the Crusagrim because it's so satisfying just carving <laughs> through the rest of the game with this super super fast sword. Yeah, depending on because both ways in the reverse castle, the reverse castle starts off a lot harder than the rest of the game. Like everything does tons of damage to yeah. you. You've yeah, got those if you run into beams. a beam, yeah, the beam skeletons will deal like a, th- a full third or half of your health with one hit until you yeah. get until you get some reverse castle armor on you. And, and to even get to the clock tower, like the um, clock the central room, um, it's guarded by these knights, and they do so much damage and. It's just so hard to get around. Like either way you go, so you can either go through the reverse clock tower, which has got tons of enemies in it, but they're a bit more dodgeable. But then you've got to go through the Medusa heads, which is a pain in the backside. Uh, or you can go through the chapel, the reverse chapel, yeah, and the, you've got the, those poisonous balloon flower things. Yeah, that the, are the, the a pain. chapel, the chapel, and then uh, the inverse Ulrocks quarters, which have uh, which have oh, a bunch God. of Val- Valhalla knights and the uh, the mummy boss, which was not very challenging. No, um, but the, uh, the like yeah, because this is a non-linear action game that gates exploration by finding items and skills, like 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 a Metroid game, which is why that mm-hmm. that style of game is often called Metroidvania, uh, which is a word I don't love using. But uh, <laughs> this game is why we have the Trovania half of Metroidvania. Yeah. Um. And. But but because it's a non-linear exploratory game like that when you get to the inverse castle you ha- you can transform into a bat and transform into a mist and and uh, open any uh locked doors that you need to open so uh it's not really gating and directing your exploration it's just letting you get to the center of the castle however you want to and that mm-hmm. and you you can go through some weird hoops getting to the center of the castle yeah, it doesn't really tell you what you need to do either nope. so so you don't know whether you've got to fight all the bosses or you know, you do only have to fight five of them, which mm-hmm. I think, yeah, they're the ones from Castlevania yep. one. So um... yeah, the, the the bat, Medusa, the uh, the creature, which is basically Frankenstein's monster, and then the, uh, mummy. the, the mummy and death. And death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, you don't know you have to do that, so you end up fighting probably more. Um, I mean, like for me personally, I always explore the map anyway because I yeah. love oh, yeah. the satisfaction of getting the percentage up and seeing the map coloring is just so nice. It it really is. Even in uh, modern games that do that, like in a uh, oh shoot, I played East Eight last year, and just and just exploring the island and filling in the map is may- yeah. maybe the most fun part of that game. Yeah, and, uh, um, and yeah. It, whenever you're playing an RPG and there's like points of the map that are faded out, and you know that you can you can fill them in or just mm-hmm. get rid of the, get rid of the smudges by exploring that area is maybe a bigger motivation for me to explore than actual story. <laughs> it's, just yeah. like, it's like, whatever story, I, I want to just I want to just open up the rest of this map and see if there's a treasure chest there. Basically. Or just color it in, because it looks nicer. You know, maybe, the, maybe you, have a, you have a point there. The, like, we aren't in primary school color, uh, with, with coloring as part of the curriculum anymore. 
So now we scratch that itch by playing RPGs with map mechanics. <laughs> yeah. Although I think Star Ocean does it as well. Star Ocean 3 is the one I remember. But filling in those maps is a pain. They are like, yeah. you have to touch every pixel on the map and, and it is a nightmare. And, and especially like there's some real weird circumstances. Like uh, there's upside down water in the inverse castle that flows uh, down, oh, that yeah. flows down to up. And that makes getting to some of those pixels that are underwater that you have to jump up into the water for. It, it can be really annoying. Just get, yeah. getting every single dot of the map filled in, especially in the inverse castle. But, but I mean, filling out the castle is extremely satisfying in every Castlevania game that came after this. Yeah, I think so as and, well. And we should mention, um, we did bring up Koji Igarashi. We're going to talk about him a little later, but uh, he was not the main director of Symphony of the Night. He was a, he was a story writer and programmer, but then uh, the director of the game left for another project halfway through, and Igarashi sort of um, got promoted to assistant director and then finished the game. Uh, and then, But then afterward, when we had a run of oh shoot, I want to say eight or nine Castlevania games from, say, 99 to 2008. Uh, yeah. he, he was the lead director and designer for more than half of them. Uh, yeah. he, he didn't work on Circle of the Moon, uh, and I, I think one of the later, uh, and, and I think the PS2 ones, he was only partially involved in those. But, but, but all of those really great GBA and DS games that we got in Castlevania, he was almost all, he was the architect of almost all of them. And mm -hmm. I mean, I loved that run of those run of games. I was super, <laughs> so I was good. super excited that I got to play a new Castlevania game almost every year. <laughs> Me too. My overall favorite, I don't know. It's a, oh shoot, it's a battle. It's a, uh, it comes down between Aria of Sorrow or Order of Ecclesia. Those are those are the two. Yeah, Chuck Symphony of the Night in there as well. Yeah, well, I was talking, I was talking post Symphony of the Night, but uh, okay, yeah, but, but yeah. yeah, yeah, agreed. Totally. Any, um, of the, any of those would be a pretty good Retro Encounter episode, just saying. Uh, well, they're there, and nobody wants them. So oh, it's they're, like, yeah, disappointing. They, we have them on the on the Google Doc, and, I'm the, and <laughs> I think you and I are the only two people interested in doing them. <laughs> I mean, I'll replay them. It's fine. They don't take very long. Mm -hmm. So play them on a harder difficulty, or maybe maybe try out Julius mode in Aria Ooh. or um, Dawn. Well, that's that's um, not a bad idea. Because yeah. in, in in Dawn, you can you know fulfill your dragon your dragon quest. I'm sorry, I just had dragon quest in the brain. <laughs> <laughs> you can fulfill your Castlevania three fa fantasy by having Julius, Yoko, and Alucard as a as a tag team, just like you know, just just like Trevor, Sifa, and Alucard. Yeah. I, on a side note, for to Aria or Dawn of Sorrow, how obvious is it that Aracado is? Alucard, and how do how an idiot did I feel after finding that out and thinking, <laughs> I, oh yeah. I, I well uh, I I didn't feel like an idiot because I, I thought it was pretty obvious from the beginning. <laughs> but... <laughs> I was definitely an idiot ten year old then. I'll admit that. Oh God, you're all so much younger than me. I was I was only an idiot eighteen year old, <laughs> or, or I'd, I'd, I'd have to, I'd have to check the dates to find out exactly remember exactly when that came out. Um, but uh, but yeah, like all of those games that that Igarashi worked on after Symphony of the Night were they were almost all well received. They were at least very good in the moment, and but were definitely made in Symphony of the Night's image. And I don't know if any of them quite get to the level of Symphony of the Night. And, and I mean, the technology limitations is part of it, but also just none of those characters can do as much stuff as Alucard can. 
Somos like, comes the closest, but that's probably why Aria of yeah, Sorrow but, is like the nearest one because of the soul system in those games. Yeah, like, I mean, but with the soul system, you're collecting monster souls like Pokemon, and you and you have to equip oh, and you have to it. equip them. But uh, but Alucard has you know a regular sword strike and a sub weapon and eight spells and yeah. and three transformations and a familiar buddy without entering a menu even. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if they just go for particular quirks, though, because like every single game in that series, maybe like after Symphony of the Light, maybe apart from Harmony of Dissonance, which I don't really think has anything unique about it, maybe... You I can, mean, it's got an ultimate you castle. At- you can attach a gemstone to the end of your uh, whip. Hey! Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, But like every single one's got a different quirk. So like Circle of the Moon has the card-based system where you put different cards on and you get different spells out of them. You've mm. got soul system from the sorrow games dawn of sorrow also is one is an early ds game so it wants you to use the touch screen whenever you can and draw glyphs after killing the bosses which is a nightmare with the really big glyph when you're fighting bosses like abaddon or paranoia i think is one of the first ones and 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 you have to draw this massive glyph and you're like you have to draw like eight point eight pointed stars in less than three (laughs) seconds while you're fighting an intense boss fight and it it also was from that era of ds games where um for the first couple years they tried to have as many games use the ds uh acronym as often as they could dawn of sorrow yeah yeah exactly advanced wars dual strike and all the rest (laughs) yeah it's fine that's a good good ds game too do i like dual strike was a Really, really solid strategy game. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah. Like I think they're all a little bit limited by controls and technology, to so that like the gimmick of every one of these handheld Castlevania games doesn't quite live up to Symphony of the Night. I mean, I, mean, I love, uh, I love the main character of Order of Ecclesia, like equipping mm-hmm. glyph, uh, equipping glyphs like cat, like tattoos for different weapons and spells, and letting them synergize together and stuff. That was super dope. Uh, but. I don't know if they all, if anything, quite hit the highs of Symphony of the Night, just because the castle is so big and cool, and it felt weird and experimental, and there, there's like so many hidden jokes and hidden secrets. I mean, we haven't yeah. talked, we haven't talked about the art of the music yet, because uh, <laughs> the, I mean, Ayami Kojima is not, uh, uh, she, she's a successful artist, but doesn't do, doesn't have like you know the copious catalog of a lot of people that just work on game art every year, and it's. I don't know. It's it's like it's a weird balance of gothic '90s anime that's maybe kind of like <laughs> Vampire Hunter D and nothing else. Yeah, it's really it's kind of romantic. I can see it in like 17th century gallery paintings and I, things like that. I like, love the so portrait. Cool. I love the portrait art and the uh, and the concept art of Symphony of the Night. It all looks incredible. And when they changed <laughs> art art styles between Aria of Sorrow and Dawn of Sorrow, I was a little upset. <sighs> God. The thing is, is though, is Dawn of Sorrow was my first Metrovania, Metroidvania, um, and I bought it because of the anime graphics, and I'm so disappointed in teenage me for just picking <laughs> that up based on that. Because then when I went back to look at all the older artwork, I was like, I'd played other Castlevania games, just none of the Metroidvanias, and I was like, oh, hang on a minute, like, this is worse. I was like, why have you... Because they've stripped the personality out, although anime, anime a la carte is still pretty good so i i, I like fun. anime alucard and yoko more than like every other character in those games but mm-hmm. uh but it, it it loses something i mean compared to this crazy gothic anime fantasy that was uh that is um ayami kojima's style it's it, it, like symphony of the not a whole lot of games look like symphony of the night 
No, exactly. You can tell that um, for Smash, because there's because obviously Richter and Simon are in it, um, they have spirits for some of the characters. Mm-hmm. And you can tell when they use Jonathan um, Jonathan Morris, who's the protagonist of Portrait of Ruin, and Charlotte Orlin, who's the uh, second character. You swap between both characters. Um, they use um, Ayama's art. So Ayami's art. So uh, instead of the orig- the anime art that they were used for, that was used in their games. So you can tell that that's got more of an impact. Definitely, I love it though. I love the kind yeah. of gothic style. It's yeah, her so art cool. sounds great, and especially since so many of the enemies have these big, cool sprites that are emula- mm-hmm. that are emula- that are emulating that style of art. It's it's just a great looking game, even in 2019. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't I don't great. love the I don't love the small three by four window that I have to play the game in on the Requiem version. Yeah, uh, but it, that doesn't look great. But, but but the assets on screen do look good. <laughs> yeah, I do love the sprite work in Symphony of the Night. It's so smooth. And actually, I think going back to why I don't think any of the other games have been as successful, made such an impact. Symphony of the Night is really quick. Like Alucard moves a lot faster than julius or um soma or anybody else they feel smoother and he definitely moves faster than the deliberate march that the belmonts do in the in the nes games (laughs) but but, but even when like you change direction with alucard he has a lot of frames to his turnaround animation that that that's all very smooth and very fast and Uh you eventually unlock skills Uh, the gravity boots give you a super jump and you can eventually unlock like a, a speed charge when you when you're in wolf form that have you really move through the game fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's pretty exploitable with the backdash shield thing that you can do. Like if you just swap between backdashing and the shield, you can literally infinitely backdash with no slowdown at all, and it's pretty wonderful. Yeah, it's it's um I mean, especially RPGs maybe, but like looking at RPGs with traditional battle systems now versus 20 years ago they they move so much more quickly now because i think i think uh like ui designers value players time more mm-hmm. and and to see a game that that feels fast moving that's a 97 or 98 game is is remarkable and like i i didn't feel like symphony of the night was wasting my time often except for maybe i think uh, i did a couple segments out of order where i should have had the mist and didn't so i had to i did a whole section of the game only to be <laughs> only to be stymied by a mist gate at the very end it's like oh damn it this is it really do you know i always do that i think you're talking about the bit of the long library with the yes, lesser demon yes, yep. yeah i yeah, used yeah, to the, do that all the time yeah, the library without the um, mist. uh the, you, you can access it once you have the double jump but you need mist at the very, very end to get the bat form, and I, I, I did that way early, and I didn't have the mist yet. So that was just that was just a big double eye roll, navigate to the opposite side of the castle and go back kind of situation. But but also, also this game has um has fast travel points. Yeah, it's the um, first did, one, obviously. Yeah, did, does, yeah. does does Metroid have those? Because I mean, I have to confess, I ha- I've I have only finished one Metroid game. <laughs> As have I, but I have finished Super Metroid. No, it doesn't. However, it is pretty easy to get around. Some of the areas, all the areas are obviously interconnected, but um, there is an elevator in one or two areas that take you back. So it's not like Metroid Fusion. And from what I know from that, there's six different areas that are all connected by one central hub room. Is that right? I think something along those lines. Um, so there's kind of, the areas are smaller, but. But, but, but still, te- teleportation points or fast travel points for yeah. a, for a game that's over twenty years old and isn't a perfect Dragon Quest game that gives you a zoom spell early <laughs> um, is that's remarkable. This this game feels this game yeah. feels fast and dense, 
And those are two yeah. things I really value when I play any kind of game, really. Uh, yeah. And and oh shoot, there's one part of the of this that I insist we talk about, uh, and that's Michiru Yamane's soundtrack. Oh, it's so good. This isn't her first Castlevania game. So... No, she worked she worked on Bloodlines, um, mm-hmm. which, which is which is a, an underrated good Castlevania game. But only one I haven't played. <laughs> you, you know, um, uh, it was. I think they are including it on that upcoming uh, Castlevania collection. It's uh, already out. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's already out. Okay, great. Yeah, great. it's on so, there. Yeah. Yeah, so it's the on collections. It's on that, and um, but that game is only the uh, pre, uh, the the pre Metrovania Castlevania game. So it's only the action ones, and I don't think Rondo of Bloods on it. Uh, I don't think so, and it's probably because yeah. it's on the Requiem collection, I would say. Uh, right, but exactly. also, uh, Bloodlines is going to be on the Genesis Mega Drive Mini as well, which is oh, cool. a really good, yeah, really, yes. really worth knowing. Yeah, no, that is a very good Genesis game, very good Castlevania game, and uh, uh, it was Michiru Yamane's first Castlevania soundtrack. Um, and Castlevania had good music even before Yamane's involvement. But I, I, I'd be lying if I say I don't love her. She is one of my favorite uh, com- uh, game composers, full stop. And, sure. and and Symphony of the Night is, I, I'm I'm gonna have a blast editing this episode and, and putting Castlevania music <laughs> at, the, at the beginning and at the beginning and end because. Um, yeah, field play. it's awesome. <laughs> it's so good. It's My- so jazzy and electric, and it's just got everything. It's moody and gothic, and I don't know, like the, the just the beginning piece of music when you enter the castle for the first time. It's Alucard as he's running in, and the way in game as you start killing the wargs, it slow it fades in suddenly, and I'm just and then it starts playing really loud, and I just I feel so good about it. And then uh, in, they, they even play around with the music in the inverted castle. They have cave music in the library and chapel music in the cave. Yeah. And uh, and uh, and some and and sometimes like like they'll have basses carry the melody sometimes, and then they go straight up into in, into like rock guitars for the tragic prince, which is the uh, the the castle ramparts after the after the <gasps> clock tower. Yeah. Uh, and um. Oh shoot! And the cave music is just beautiful. I and love they, it. All. And they go straight up into like a like a uh, churchy chorus music for the chapel. It, 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 there's and then a weird like that weird jazz piano thing for uh, for the Colosseum. I lo- wandering ghosts is so good. One of my favorite tracks. Yeah, easily. Like, there's there's so much good music in in Symphony of the Night. It really felt like Yamane was just uh, throwing everything she had at it and it, it's a, a, a very eclectic cool result it's awesome and she uh, she again she didn't do like Co- like Igarashi she didn't do every single Castlevania game after Symphony of the Night but she did several of them and her work is always good it's amazing yeah this is easily one of my favorite soundtracks ever oh yeah it's oh. it's it's excellent and um mm-hmm. and another transition like we we've talked almost everything we can about Symphony of the Night so I want to change the subject a little bit um, a different of the night is coming very, very soon. Uh, <laughs> a bloodstained ritual of the night, which is Koji Igarashi uh, with Michiru Yamane's music and the and cover art by Ayami Kojima. But she, she didn't do a lot of work on the game. <laughs> she, she she just did like one like alternate box art or something. Uh, Koji Igarashi left Konami several years ago, and he uh, at first through Kickstarter um, got crowdfunded. Bloodstained Ritual, Ritual of the Night, which is not a Castlevania game by by name, but has a lot of similarities to the Castlevania games he made when he was with Konami, and and it uh, it it annihilated its um tar- its crowdfunding targets because there were so many people excited to play this kind of game again. Was it, it not the biggest, the most successful at the time before Shenmue Three? Maybe I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Kickstarter records are they seem to be broken every six months. But it, <laughs> yeah. It, but, but Bloodstained 
did very very well on Kickstarter. Ended up getting delayed twice, uh, but we're getting it in a in a week or two as mm-hmm. as if we're posting this. In uh, I think it's June seventeenth for most mm-hmm. si- systems, and then June twenty fourth for Switch. Yeah, a day. The June eighteenth and June twenty oh, fifth. Okay, okay, eighteenth and twenty fifth, right? Um, so that's soon, and. Uh, people were concerned about how slow some of the demos felt or how they didn't look great. But then <laughs> about, <laughs> about about six weeks ago, um, Igarashi put out this, tra- this this trailer w- that included him drinking a goblet of wine and shattering it <laughs> Dracula like style. Dracula style, yeah. <laughs> it was so good. I will oh, be honest, man. I have been... I like. I really, really am excited for Bloodstained. I've mentioned it on our year-end episodes as being most anticipated title two years in a row. I think. Um, I, because been, I, I love I, them. I, I, I love them too. I'm worried I'm going to steal your thunder here, but I've been worried about this game too. Yeah, I have been as well. And I think that trailer does put away some doubts. Like the graphical quality wasn't really anything I was focusing on. Like, but it was just more the reports that it was slow, the delays, the kind of. I feel bad, but Kickstarter kind of comes with some baggage nowadays, and it's like, oh, yeah. you know, Mighty Number no. Nine. Um, but Mighty Number no. Nine, the the thing from the Final Fantasy Tactics people that went extremely sideways. Oh god, I, I, yeah. I, I, I forget what that thing was called. Phoenix? Pro- is that Pro- one? Or- Project Phoenix, I think. Maybe. Yes. It, it, maybe it changed its name later, but, but that was a. Uh, there's been a lot of Kickstarter disappointments, um, and like I almost. I almost wish for the games for the days before kick, uh, big Kickstarter, like a uh, shoot before um, before Broken Age, like when FTL was the biggest video game Kickstarter success because no, yeah. no, no one even knew what Kickstarter was when FTL got funded, uh, and, and, I, and I didn't play it until several until several years after its Kickstarter campaign, but. Like, there's a lot of bag- baggage around crowdfunding nowadays, and the crowdfunding heyday when people were throwing money at Kickstarter all the time is maybe has passed unless you're really deep into the uh, tabletop gaming scene, which is thri- mm-hmm. which is thriving on Kickstarter still. But, um, like, there was a lot of suspicion, uh, like, the underwhelming demos, underwhelming art assets. They keep they kept adding side studios to help with development. Yeah, um, and to the which point of the, I think the credits are going to be an hour long by now. <laughs> yeah, but but, just... it, but it's out, but it's out soon, and I mean, it's, maybe it's, it was because of all the bravado in that trailer. But I'm really excited for it. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I think maybe part of my anxiety over it is that I haven't actually tried it yet. Like, I haven't had a chance to play any of those demos, or like, I didn't. I wasn't even on the site when the Kickstarter got through, and like, it's something I've only followed. <laughs> Maybe when I joined the site, I think I picked up on it and was like, oh, yeah, Koji Igarashi and more Castlevania. I always want that. But, like, I'm super excited and super stoked. But I do have to wonder, because a lot of time has passed since the last Castlevania, Metroidvania game, Order of Ecclesia. That's 10 years. 2009, Order of Ecclesia came out. I, th- I and- think there, there was... A big console one it wasn't um, it, it, harmony of despair. Yeah, well, but no, but I'm, I mean, well, Koji wasn't. I mean, Igarashi wasn't involved in this. But there's like a isn't Lords of Shadow two a more recent than? Order oh, the DS, the DS version is a Metroidvania. You're right, Mirror of Fate. Yeah, um, I but, but, but Lords, yeah. Of, Lords of Shadow is a very not the best PS3 game. Um, the sequel's meant to be a lot better, apparently, but like, really? they're okay. different. yeah, they're, I think the thing with those is, and I'm like, they're supposed to be good games, and I totally like, I've got a friend who played them, good. but like, Castlevania is, I don't know, I'm just attached to the old gothic kind of styly imagery walking I, around I castles. I don't, think, I don't think any of the 3D Castlevania games are great. Like, I played through Lament of Innocence. 
Yeah, I struggled with that and, a lot. Um, I, I tried playing Curse of Darkness, but didn't get very far. And one of my friends even said, oh, no, no, you got to play that game with cheats on, which is not very... That's not uh, encouraging. No, not at all. And then you have Lords <laughs> yeah. of Shadow 1 and 2, which I, I like. you could tell they were sort of going for a God of War 3 vibe, but that, that, I, yes. wasn't, that I wasn't totally feeling for either of them. Definitely. Uh, I, I, I didn't get very far in any of them, though, so I, I maybe I shouldn't judge. But, uh, but still, to me... The Castlevania I want is that 2D giant castle to explore that mm -hmm. was that was maybe most successful in Symphony of the Night and then replicated several times. Like like that's what I want, and uh, Bloodstained Ritual Ritual of the Night might be what I want. It might it might I be really... another another good one of those, and I, I I really hope it is. Yeah, me too. I mean, I was when I was talking about Last Castlevania game, I was just specifically going for Metroidvania castle style exploration mm -hmm. games like Order of Ecclesia. So like in that ten year gap between Order of Ecclesia and Bloodstained, Metroidvania as a subgenre for the indie scene has exploded. Oh my God. It, it's it like, is if, the it, biggest it, one. If you interpret the indie scene as um, developers that grew up playing video games and now making the games that they want, like if you interpret it like that, then holy crap, so many of these people wanted to make their own Metrovania. Yeah, there's, and there's now... so many good ones. Like, like, uh, uh, oh shoot, like I mean, my favorite one's probably Time Spinner or the first Block mm -hmm. of Melee, which are which feel very different. Time Spinner is extremely similar to Symphony of the Night in like in the way that you sort of program your load your loadout of skills and spells and even have your your double jump and super jump feel similar to symphony and, of the night you got familiars and everything yeah, yeah. exactly and uh, but while rock guacamele is basically a, a platformer at uh, metrovania mm -hmm. to which point where like the skills that you learn each have a different color associated with them and you and and then there's blocks of that color that can be broken with that skill it's it, it's it's a very cartoony mexican wrestler themed <laughs> Metrovania cute. game, you know, it, it's pretty good. It it gets hard at the end for all the later platforming challenges, but it, oh. uh, that that game's pretty good. Uh, do you have a Do you have a, any other um, Metrovania indie that you that you've loved recently? Well, Time Spinner is my favorite one, yes, but it does very Ta much. It is very much an Order of Ecclesia, a Symphony of the Night like fanfare, it's, but it does yeah. its own thing, and the style and the mo like. I love the look of the modern day areas, like the oh, yeah. steampunk no. side of things. is awesome. It, it, it's it's um, artistically, it is it is gorgeous. Uh, the gameplay and story are are fun enough, and uh, and it feels more like Symphony of the Night than average for this kind of game. But it's yeah. extremely successful. It's, it's again, it's probably my favorite uh, SOTN clone. Yeah, but there's been a couple of other ones, so I haven't played many. I mean, the only other one I really played is Dust, and I really struggled with the art style oh. of that, but actually, as much as I played it, I did really enjoy the combat and the exploration side of things. That is a really big success story for that, that studio. And, and also, and yeah, Dust has great music as well. They, yes. Uh, um, shoot, uh, those two Irish guys, uh, Hyperduck did the music for That's that That's it. One. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and Hyperduck, I, I, I adore everything they make, so uh, yeah, Dust was quite cool visually and uh audio wise no. but yeah like symphony of the night it started out as almost like a culmination of everything castlevania and it's gone on to be the most influential castlevania game uh like half of an influential genre that we still see in the indie scene today and probably the most common answer to what your favorite castlevania game is am i am i am i misconceiving that no, I don't think so. It's it's mine, definitely. It, I, I, it's not even a nostalgia thing for me. It just feels right. It's fast. It's easy. It's fluid. It's 
it just rewards exploration, which I love. And most of the games do this, but I think Symphony of the Night is the one that has the most secrets, the most quirks, the most, you know, stupid things. And even when it's glitchy and broken and some things don't load properly or you reset it on a certain screen and you end up on another screen. Oh my like god. <laughs> I almost I almost forgot to mention the loading screen. This is the best loading screen in history. Which one? Castle, no, no, the loading screen that just says loading it, but when you press the oh, right. when you press buttons on the controller, the loading can twist yes! and turn around. Yes, one very weird disappointment thing I had playing Requiem is that the PS4 processor allows the game to load pretty quickly, so I didn't get to play around with the loading screen oh, very much. No. It was it was oh. like a, it was like a half it was like a second of loading screen instead of five seconds. <laughs> yeah, and then Symphony of the Night is like the base for the rest of the series, but yeah. like the other games reuse assets, like sprite work is reused and things like that but yeah it's such an easy answer and i think aria of sorrow is the only other one that's got really close and order of ecclesia is a bit underloved i think and it's a bit more challenging than the rest of the metroidvanias it's probably the hardest one post symphony of the night i would say but yeah it's just yeah ridiculous. I, <laughs> uh i don't know what the hardest one after symphony of the night is but my, my favorite one of the after symphony again it's it's a conversation between aria of sorrow and order of ecclesia but uh, they're all at least pretty good, but I remember after playing each one of them, they're like, you know, this is good, and I had fun, but it, it, it's not Symphony of the Night. Like you, you don't, <laughs> like, you don't have Alucard with that host of skills, and the castle always seems smaller than Symphony of the Night was, or, uh, you know, like, like, a lot of those games are great, but Symphony of the Night feels the most special, and it, it's my favorite, too. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a, may, maybe a conventional answer, but there's a reason that the classics are classics. Mm-hmm, exactly. And, uh, There's no bought translations in all the recent ones as well. <laughs> no. Like Grand Falloon is great, and Grand Falloon instead of Legion. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> and Chris Green spelling spelt wrong. So you know, Chris Green is just a cooler name than Valman Way. Also, <laughs> yeah, that's true, but. Yeah. There's but also any... no wall corpse, because I do love my stupid... Apparently I have a fascination with Castlevania bosses that are on walls, so I love wall goat a dribble itch. Oh yeah, in, also in, in, love... in Circle of the Moon, yeah. Yeah, but I also love Beelzebub, dead corpse on Beelzebub's the kind of hard if you're not ready for him. Yeah, it's, it's, I really it, it love is, it though. It is way too easy to jump into flies. Uh, oh man, but... Yeah. yeah, have the Topaz Circler. That will help. Oh, then poison he poison heals you. You can get an accessory which poison where poison heals you. It's you should pick it up normally, but I'm. You see, yeah. there, you see, there, there's so many little secrets and tricks to this game that I definitely don't know half of them. Yeah, no, me neither. No. I do try and pull off glitches every time I play it. Now I'm like. <laughs> I can never get it right, and I'm not patient enough to try again because there is a glitch in the original PS1 game where if you back dash out of the room where death steals all of your equipment because you start off really powerful like you do in Metroid and then you lose all your gear. If you back dash out at the right time, you can skip that cutscene so you have the Alucard gear for the entire game. It's pretty great. Yeah, that would be awesome because I mean you find all of the Alucard gear in the inverted castle normally, which which will be, you know, 5 6 hours down the line. Yeah. Also, like I love the fact that the capes change the color of the bat wings. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and even if when you equip the crystal cape, your wings will be a little translucent. And uh yeah. and uh and the reverse cape will make him look real strange, but and uh but yeah, the 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 final one the twilight cape and the joseph cape cloak that let you change the num change the color those are those are still the best too yeah
All right, if we're talking about our favorite color combinations of the bat transformation, maybe <laughs> it's time to end the episode. Um, thank you so much, Alana, for joining me. I was uh, This felt like the right time to talk about Bloodstained and Metrovania and Castlevania, which we haven't done on this podcast in three and a half years. So I, I was really excited <laughs> to. Thanks for joining me. No, thanks for having me. I'm disappointed that it hasn't come up again, because it is one of my favorite silly genres and series, and I'd we'll... love to... I don't know. We'll intimidate some of the new staff into joining us for a, <laughs> a for an Aria of Sorrow episode eventually. So, like, so uh, listeners, if a, another Castlevania episode comes up in the next six six months, know that Alana and I have been doing some work behind the scenes. <laughs> um, but uh, speaking of behind the scenes, next week we're doing a special uh, Mothers and Fathers episode. Um, it, right around the same time as American Father's Day, where we talk about the best RPG moms and dads, uh, also mimicking or borrowing features that RPG fan put on the site, uh, a mother feature around Mother's Day in May and a Father's Day upcoming later in June. Uh, we're going to have a podcast episode all about moms and dads that, uh, Lana, you're also signed up for, so that's going to be really fun to record. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Looking forward to it. Right on. And uh, later in June, we are going to have an episode, or maybe two episodes, I haven't decided yet, on Until Dawn, which was a, the horror slasher game that came out a few years ago. That was a bit of a Twitch.tv sensation. I have never played it before, so I'm really no. excited. To, I'm really excited to try it. All, all I really know is that it's a uh, a horror slasher game that has a twist at the end, and so I'm mm. I'm uh, I'm excited to try it. It's seriously good. It might be my favorite choice-based game. Oh, wow. Around. It's really good. Like, I think if you're a fan of really B-horror movies from the 80s, or even if you're not, like, you can appreciate the way it's made. I you, think, you, oh, see, you see, I'm, I'm, I'm strange. I don't love horror. I, I don't no, even, I don't. I, I don't even play many horror games. But there's a couple horror things I really like. Like, I, I love... Uh, I love all three Evil Dead movies. I have more. I have You'll more. Be fine, I, I have more than the normal amount of affection for Scream. I, I even think Scream Two is underrated. Is really underrated. <laughs> but the <laughs> so uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I um and again I'll I'll probably play it during the daylight because I, uh, I because yeah, I, 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 for for you know for reasons I don't play a lot of horror. But uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, that's going to be later this month. And in July uh, we had a reader poll. That, uh, that occurred a, m a month or maybe two months ago uh, that settled on Wild Arms 3 being a f uh, future game for Retro Encounter episodes, and I think we're going to have those played and posted in July. So that's coming very soon. But uh, that's all we have planned in the future that I can say right now. Uh, uh, listeners, if you want to contact us, the best way to do so is email retro at rpgfan.com. You can also visit rpgfan.com's message boards, the Facebook page, an Instagram, a Twitter account, a Discord channel, a Twitch channel streaming every day of the week. And you can find all of those things from the front page of RPGFan.com. We also have two other podcasts, Random Encounter, which is about uh, current events, and uh, Rhythm Encounter, which is about RPG music. One of those updates a little bit more frequently than the other. But we are, we, we are going to try and bring back Rhythm Encounter later this year. But listeners, also, you can review us or those other podcasts on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or however you're listening to us. Please leave constructive criticism if you have a mind to. Uh, but I think that's about all for now. Uh, Alana, how can listeners reach you? Um, so same place as always, everyone. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Alana Hagues. Uh, for anything RPG fam related on the Discord and on the forums, I am Diving Falcons. Uh, but if you want to email me as well personally, it is alanah at rpgfan.com, but always happy to talk. And Twitter's the best place to find me as always. But... Especially if it's about Castlevania. Because I... Especially if it's about Castlevania. I'm, at the moment, I'm fighting off. I've just 
yeah i beating symphony of the night recently and coming off of the back of time spinner and a couple of other mm. metroid yeah yeah i, 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 I played fighting the urge to beat aria and dawn again <laughs> i uh i have I, a flight to come up so maybe i could oh you probably could um because uh, yeah um uh, e3 has not begun at the time of this recording but um you and i are both going to be oh, getting, yeah. getting on airplanes pretty soon to attend that show Mm-hmm, we um, will. This will go up while we're out there as well. So. Yeah, I, I played Symphony of the Night last week in prepare in per, uh, excuse me in preparation for this podcast, and I played Time Spinner earlier this year. I think uh, I, I could check my Twitter feed to check, but it was around uh, February or March, and um, yeah, like I loved Time Spinner. It was so much fun uh, going back to Symphony of the Night, and I will be one hundred percent ready for Bloodstained when that comes out. Yeah, we didn't talk about Curse of the Moon. It's oh like yeah, cool yeah, spin I mean, off. yeah, yeah. Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is going to be similar to Symphony of the Night, but Curse of the Moon, the spin out, the spin off, which is already out, is a like an old school branching paths Castlevania uh, action it's cool. game. That's got good sprite work, like Shovel Knight really levels good. of NES sprite work. It's cool. I I didn't beat it. I I, be, I got to like the first three stages, and then yeah. I and then I I uh, hit a bit of a wall and started playing something else. But it was a. Uh, yeah, it was extremely cool that they came out with that and gave it away to, for free for uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night backers. And I, but I think you can find it for for, for probably t- ten bucks, eight pounds range. Yeah. For uh, on on various uh, on on Switch or Vita or PS4, maybe other places as well. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that thing was a really really cool thing that they developed on the side. Um, but. Yeah, I guess back to social media. Listeners, if you want to reach me, the best way to do so is Twitter. I am at the Real Monsoon most of the time. At Evoga for Dogs when I'm popping off on weird stuff, uh, and I'm also Monsoon Mike on Discord, Monsoon on the forums, and and Solosi at RPGFan.com for uh, website inquiries. Oh, boy, that was that was a lot of fun. But I think we're about done for today, Alana. So. Let us go out this evening for pleasure. The night is still young.